to us, allowing us the opportunity to meet again, to assemble, to worship God. We get to be here, and we thank God for that. It's good to see you here this morning, those of you who are here physically uh, present, and those of you online, we praise God for your presence, and we're just thankful and honored to be here today. Let's go together, please, to God in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we praise your holy divine name and thank you so very much for being so good. For you are not only a good God, you are the good God. And we thank you so very much for sending your Son to die on that cruel, cruel cross of Calvary that we might live. And we thank you for your compassion and for your mercy and for your patience. And here yet is another day. A day for lost souls to turn around to come to you. A day, another day for those who are in need of repentance to come to you. And another day, Lord God, for those who are faithful to remain true to you another day. We pray, Lord God, that you'll bless our worship, praying that all things that will and have been said and done will and have been pleasing and acceptable in thy sight. These things we ask and pray and thank you for. In that wonderful, magnificent, most awesome, holy and precious name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we pray if it be thy will. Amen. Revelation chapter 22 this morning. In chapter 21, God gave us a glimpse, a view of the outside of the kingdom. And in chapter 22... God is bringing us into the kingdom to get a glimpse of what is inside. In verse 1 of Revelation 22, we have this perfect picture of Eden, if you will. He showed me a river of the water of life, clear as crystal, coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb. And so this morning, our topic is the water of life. I want to turn over to John chapter 4. The water remains clear in this verse. It says, And he showed me a river of the water of life, clear as crystal, coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb. It's clear because it comes from the throne of the Lamb, the throne of God. But what is the crystal clear water? That's the question that we hope to answer this morning. What does it symbolically represent? John chapter 4, Jesus enters into a conversation with a woman at the well. And I want us to look at this conversation uh, for just a moment. I want to begin at verse 5. So he came to a city of Samaria called Sychar near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. And Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, was sitting thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. There came a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman, therefore, said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask me 
for a drink, since I am a Samaritan woman. For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God, and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. So Jesus makes statements to stimulate this this Samaritan woman's mind. And he methodically moves her from the physical to the spiritual. Right? From the physical to the spiritual. This is what God does for us. He moves us from the physical to the spiritual. So that we can understand those spiritually appraised appraised truths from the word of God. But yet she doesn't know quite who he is. And Jesus said, if you knew who it was who says to you, give me a drink, you'd want this living water. But she doesn't quite understand yet. Verse 11. She said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? You are not greater than our father Jacob, are you, who gave us this the well and drink of it himself and his son and his cattle? Jesus answered and said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water shall thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall become in him a well of water springing up to eternal Life. The conversation goes on. And so far, Jesus has told her about the water, but he's not told her what the water is yet. For her heart maybe is not ready yet. In fact, uh, she doesn't even ask the right question. But finally, she will come to an understanding and she will make the correct statement And when she makes the correct or the accurate statement, then Jesus begins to teach her. So what is the water? It's a message. It's the message of God. Verse 15. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so I will not be thirsty and come all the way here to draw. Now she's still stuck in the physical. But she's asking for the water. And when she asks for the water, when she makes the statement, give me this water, Jesus begins to prick her heart. Because that's what God's message does. It pricks the heart. It strengthens the soul. What does he say? She says, give me the water. He says... Go call your husband. He begins to teach. Right now her mind is stimulated. Right now she wonders, wait a minute. Why is he saying to go and call my husband when we're talking about living waters? Jesus is about to save her soul. Listen to verse 16. The Bible says, he said to her, go call your husband and come here. And the woman said, answered and said, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, you have well said, I have no husband. 
For you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. This have you said truly. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. He, he begins to teach, and he goes on teaching, and the whole city comes down, and he teaches them, brings salvation to them. The message, the water of life, is symbolically the gospel message of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's the water that flows, that brings salvation to humanity. Now, turn to Zechariah chapter uh, 14. What we learn in the Bible is this. We learn that the, the Word of God comes to us. It comes to us as a river. It comes to us as water, as wells of water. It comes to us as a fountain. And in Zechariah chapter 14, beginning at verse 6, the Bible says, And it will come about in that day that there will be no light. The luminaries will dwindle. For it will be a unique day, which is known to the Lord, neither day nor night. But it will come about that at evening time there will be light. And it will come about in that day that living waters will flow out of Jerusalem. Half of them toward the eastern sea and the other half toward the western sea. It will be in summer as well as in winter. Now, in that day, turn to Acts please, chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, beginning at verse 5. On the day of Jerusalem, the day of Pentecost rather, waters flowed. And the water that flowed is the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And it goes forwards and backwards. It goes from, from if you will, from the, the day of Pentecost all the way back to Adam and forward to the last man that lives on the face of the earth. It is God's message in perfection. I'll show you that in just a moment. But in Acts 2, in verse 5, the Bible says, Now there were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were bewildered because they were each one hearing them speak in his own language. Verse 11, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them in our own tongue speaking of the mighty deeds of God. The water that flows is the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Please keep in mind, when you read the book of Revelation, you have to have one foot in the current era which was their time, around 90 A.D. And one foot in the future. And so what it means to them is, God's not finished with the world yet. Turn to Colossians, please, chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. As the message of God continued to flow to a lost and dying world, somewhere um, later in history, somewhere around, uh, uh, you know, 80 or 90 A.D. The Bible says, if indeed you continue in the faith firmly established and steadfast and not moved away from the hope of the gospel that you have heard, which was proclaimed in all creation under heaven and of which I, Paul, was made a minister. This message has gone out to the whole world. 
church, here's what's interesting. It's up to the world as to what we're going to do with it. It's up to you and I as to what we're going to do with the message that Jesus has given to us. Back to Revelation, please, chapter 22. When someone asks you the question, when they say, well, how do we know the Word of God is pure and true and right? And you tell them because of where it comes from. The source is God. In Revelation 22 and verse 1, And he showed me a river of the water of life, clear as crystal, coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb. So John, turn back to Ezekiel chapter 47. So John saw the waters flowing from the throne. But John saw these waters flowing after the death the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Ezekiel sees the same waters flowing, but he sees them before the Messiah. Now, I want to show you God's eternal purpose, revealed in, through prophecy, but also revealed through the message. So it's a message, it's prophetic at the exact same time. And its conclusion is found in Jesus Christ. Ezekiel 47, beginning at verse 1. Then he brought me back to the door of the house. And behold, water was flowing from under the threshold of the house toward the east. For the house faced east. And the water was flowing down from under, from the right side of the house, south of the altar. This is the temple, by the way, that he's speaking of. And he brought me out by way of the north gate and led me around on the outside of the outer gate by way of the gate that faces east. And behold, water was trickling from the south side. And when the man went out, verse 3, toward the east, with a line in his hand, he measured a thousand cubits. And he led me through the waters, water reaching the ankles. Now, I want to show you this water as it grows in depth, the representation of this water. So Ezekiel says he saw water flowing from the temple, from the throne of God. He saw the water flowing from the temple, and this water flowed, and the first segment or section of this water flowed to the ankles. I want you to think about God's eternal purpose. This will be during the days of the patriarchal dispensation. The water that flows from the ankles would be from Adam to Abraham. That's God's eternal purpose is what we're talking about. From Adam to Abraham. Now, listen to verse 4. Again, he measured a thousand and led me through the water. Water reaching the knees. Now, the water reaching the knees is from Abraham to Moses. Here's God's eternal purpose, but here's the promise. The promise to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob to Moses in the message of God. And it goes on in verse 4, and it says, Again, he measured a thousand, and he led me through the water, water reaching the loins. From Moses to Pentecost. Here's the prophetic message of God. The waters that flow in prophecy. Watch what happens when we when we get closer to Jesus. This is the water of preparation 
this prophetic message that John would come and be a way preparer, preparer for Jesus. The water's in preparation, but then the water when it comes to Jesus, when it comes to the gospel, verse 5, again he measured a thousand, and it was a river that I could not ford. For the water had risen enough water to swim in a river that could not be forded. When it comes to this message, the waters that could swim, these are the waters of perfection. This is Jesus Christ and the gospel message of God. The waters that flow. The water that Jesus speaks of through the Spirit that's given to man is the eternal message of God. God's message and purpose. The message that God has given to humanity. It's the message that we hold on to. The message of hope. And it says we win. And it says it over and over and over again. And it's crystal clear. And it's unpolluted. And it's a message that God has given to his people. So in Ezekiel, this water flows from the temple. In Revelation, the same water flows from the throne of God. But both waters are flowing from God's dwelling place. So you'll go back and you'll read Ezekiel 47. And you go back and you read John chapter 4 and John 7 and other passages that speak of the water of God. And you'll see it's the message of God that brings eternal salvation. It's God's eternal purpose. First, it came to us in a promise. Secondly, it came through a prophetic message. And then it came through preparation. John the, this, the, um, uh, John the Baptist. And then it comes to us in perfection through Jesus Christ. Now listen to what the message goes on to say. It's all the same stuff, right? It's God repeating his message in different ways over and over and over again to his people. Listen to Ezekiel 47, beginning at verse 6. The water that flows, we're talking about Jesus Christ, but listen to the water. And he said to me, Son of man, have you seen this? And then he brought me back to the bank of the river. Now when I had returned, behold, on the bank of the river there were very many trees on the one side and on the other. We'll get that one, Lord willing, next week. Then he said to me, verse 8, these waters go out toward the eastern region and go down toward the Arabah. Then they go down toward the sea, being made to flow into the sea. And the waters of the sea became or become fresh. And it will come about that every living creature which swarms in every place where the river goes will live. And there will be very many fish, for these waters go there. And the others become fresh. So everything will live where the river goes. Everything that's in that water lives. Church, every Christian, we're in that water. God's people, God's people have this message of hope. That God has given to us and we have surrendered to God's salvation. Alright, listen to what Jesus said. Turn to Matthew. Matthew chapter 4. We live because of Jesus Christ. And I know you say, well, you know, you know, 
I, I, want a, I want a little bit more. Well, listen to what Jesus says. Matthew 4 and verse 18. And walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers. Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea. For they were fishermen. And he said to him, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. You see the connection? Ezekiel says, oh, there were, there were so, there were so many fish in the water. Jesus said, I'm gonna make y'all fishermen. Where's the connection? Matthew 13. Matthew 13 in verse 47. Christians have a responsibility. We are the fishermen of God who seek and save the lost as Jesus did. In verse 47, again the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet cast into the sea and gathering fish of every kind. And when it was filled, they drew it up on the beach and they sat down and gathered the good fish into containers, but the bad they threw away. So it will be at the end of the age the angels shall come forth and take out the wicked from among the righteous and will cast them into the furnace of fire and there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Jesus wasn't talking about fish. Jesus is talking about people. Ezekiel was talking about people. John through Revelation is talking about people. Even though the Romans are horrible people, there are still some who desire to be saved. And that water that flows, that message of Jesus Christ needs to infiltrate their hearts. Brethren, God had a message to us and you, you gotta, you know, you dig into that message and you start saying, thank you God. Remember, this is the book of Revelation. The idea is to reveal the message to God's people but conceal it from the Romans. You know what was illegal? It was illegal to proselytize. It was illegal to go out and knock on doors and talk to folks about Jesus and convert one from one religion to another, according to the Romans. So God couldn't come out and say, I want you to take the gospel and go preach it to the Romans. Instead, he said, I'm giving you living waters. And I want you to take that water and I want you to go fishing in that water. The gospel message of Jesus Christ. Back to Revelation, please. Chapter 22. And the perfection, the way it started in life, it started with the perfection of the Garden of Eden, but but in the Garden of Eden there was sin. Mankind sin, and God, God cast them out. And now we're given that perfection back from God in a spiritual way. Verse 1 again. And he showed me a river of the water of life, clear as crystal, coming from the throne of God and the Lamb. The water that flows from the throne is the saving gospel of Jesus Christ. All who obey it, obey it, Ezekiel 47, John chapter 4. All who obey it will live, Matthew chapter 13. All who obey it will live. All who obey it will win. And those who disobey it 
the bad fish, they lose. They go into the eternal fires, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 13. He's not talking about fish. He's talking about people. In Revelation 22 in verse 17, we step out of the, the, the idea of symbolism. And when you get to verse 6 of Revelation, we're going to step out of all the symbolism. Symbolism is over. In verse 17, Jesus says, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let the one who hears say, Come. And let the one who is thirsty, Come. And let the one who wishes to take the water of life without cost, Come. The water of life. Are you ready to receive the message? The water of life. The message of Jesus Christ is this. Jesus came to the earth and he lived a perfect life. And humanity, the imperfect, didn't like him very much. He exposed our sins. But he brought a way of salvation. He brought a way out. And the message that he spoke was a message that pricked the hearts of all who heard it. And that message carries with it a command. Unless you believe that I'm here, you will die in your sins. And that command comes with inaction. When you believe, you must repent. Have godly sorrow about the life that you used to live. Be willing to turn it around. Confessing his name before men. That he might confess our names before the Father. And then that message comes with salvation. And it is, after you've heard his word and you believed it and you repented of your sins. And you confessed his name. It's time to die in the likeness of our Christ. Who lived, who died, but rose. So we too must live and die and rise. And as we live and we go down into the watery grave of salvation, thank God that we die. The old man, the man of sin dies. The gift of the Holy Spirit is granted and he's resurrected as his sins are washed away into a brand new man. The waters of life are yours. It's what you do with it that matters this morning. So this morning, you've heard the message. The lesson is yours. And we ask you, if you are not a member of the body of Christ, to contact someone from the church of Christ. And they might teach you more about the waters of life. If you today would like to surrender to Christ in the waters of baptism, you've heard the message. We have the water, both the physical water, And the water, the spiritual water of the book. You can surrender to God today. If you are a child of God and you're struggling in your faith and we can help you through prayer in any way that we can help you, please make it known to us. In a moment we're going to stand and sing a song of invitation. You are invited to come. God bless each and every one of you. Thank you for your time.